Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is John Van Lunen, and you are listening to Treasures of the Outer Banks, episode 23. Episode 23, I am flying solo again, and I wanted to take a few minutes to talk about Outer Banks activities. And I'm not going to include some of the normal activities that you might find on the Outer Banks, like going to the beach or fishing or golfing or anything like that, although I might dedicate some episodes for those topics. But right now, I want to talk about some of the more off-the-wall activities and low-budget activities that you can find. I am inherently cheap, and I do go out and find things that I can explore on my own. And so this is this includes a lot of them. This also, a lot of these activities are things you could do in the off-season, although uh, you probably could do them in-season it might be a little crowded or you might not enjoy it to its fullest. So sometimes when the, uh, the crowds get smaller and the weather gets cooler, might be a better time to do some of these things. So starting from the, all the way north, Outer Banks, and working my way down south to Manio in the mainland Dare County, I'm not going to touch Hatteras Island in this episode. Again, uh, I don't want this episode to go on forever, and I kind of uh, want to keep it moving, and I probably need to do a little bit more research. I, I know the North Beach pretty well. I've uh, been living here 24 years, so that's where I'm going to start. So first off, uh, four-wheel drive country. Uh, that's Corova Beach, Swan Beach. Uh, I'm just going to call it all Corova Beach. And by the way, I found out fairly recently that Corova Beach was named Corova because I think it was developers named it, and it's part Carolina, part Virginia. So they combined the two states together, Carolina, Virginia, Corova is how they came up with that name. And that is anything north of the town line of Corolla, uh, all the way up to the Virginia state line. And, you know, if you've never been up there, it's definitely cool. I think it's probably more cool in the shoulder season or off season. Quite frankly, that's the only time I've ever been there. I've never been there in peak season in the summer. I hear it gets kind of crowded up there with all the cars driving around. Um, before I go into too much detail and explain, it is four-wheel drive con- uh, country. We call it four-wheel drive and not drive on the beach country because you definitely need a four-wheel drive vehicle. All-wheel drive probably won't cut it. Um, they're probably not strong enough, but so you need something with good clearance because once that sand gets really soft and sugary, it, you, you will sink quickly. Um, there are Facebook pages dedicated to people that try to drive normal cars on the beach up in Corova, and it's quite amusing. Uh, probably not very amusing for the people who made that mistake, but uh, and, we're, and I think a lot of people scratch their heads. Um, but anyway, you definitely want a four-wheel drive vehicle, something that's strong enough and has the clearance to get up through there. Um, what I would do up there, um, go look at the horses. I mean, you could hire a touring company to take you up there. They have open air vehicles, trucks that they take up there with a tour guide who talks to you and they find the horses and check them out. Um, it's definitely cool. I've never done that. Um, a guy I know, uh, Jay Bender owns Outback. Uh, I think it's called Corolla Outback and they do tours up in that uh, area. Uh, definitely kind of a cool job. Um, I, I'm, I have a four-wheel drive vehicle, so I'm more than happy to drive around and look at the horses on my own. Know that you should always give a safe distance to those horses. Um, you can stop and park up there, but in the summertime or in the warmer season, I should say, you do need a permit. So uh, go to the Currituck County website and figure out what 
permits that you need. I will share these links in the show notes that you can uh, do the homework and get what you need. But it's, it's kind of cool just to drive on the beach up there, stop, maybe do a little fishing or just hang out. You can also drive through the neighborhoods. All the neighborhoods are dirt roads, sand roads, um, and they just kind of wind through the trees and the woods. Sometimes there's big puddles back there, especially after a hard rain. Um, so uh, it's hard to get lost up there, but it's, it's definitely cool. Uh, I've been up there a few times, used to own a little piece of property up there. Uh, never did anything with it, but it's definitely very cool up there. So highly recommend uh, that's something, uh, you know, with the right equipment is a free activity. Um, so coming down from Corova Beach is Kerala. Um, you know, Kerala is a big area and it just kind of spreads out. Uh, and if and it, which is good and bad, you know, people like to, you know, that kind of seclusion up there to just kind of spread out. But if I want to go do something. And if there was one place I wanted to go do it, I would want to go to historic uh, Kerala. Um, the, the historic Kerala village is right by the lighthouse, um, of course. And if you listen to my podcast with Megan Agresto, we talked about Kerala Light, a very cool place right there. And right in that general area, you got a lot of cool stuff. You could spend easily half a day um, just kind of hanging out there, going into the museums, checking things out, walking around, getting something to eat. Uh, doing a little bit of shopping and having a good time. Um, so you have the Kirtuk Lighthouse right there. You have Whalehead Club is right there. I believe they're still offering tours. You have the historic Kerala. Check that. You have the Kirtuk Maritime Museum is right there. That just opened up. And you also have the Outer Banks Center for Wildlife Education, which is right there. Um, right adjacent to the Kirtuk Lighthouse, uh, there's bookstores, pizza joints, ice cream spots. I mean, you could literally you could walk around there for three quarters of the day and just, you know, go check some stuff out. So I, I would highly recommend that. There are some other places, other shopping centers and things like that to go in, uh, go to uh, go to visit in Kerala. But the one at historic Kerala Village is definitely, in my mind, the best one. It's just quaint. It's cool. Um it's just the place to go in my mind. All right. Traveling down from Duck. And by the way, some people don't understand that the, the village of Duck, the town of Duck, extends all the way up to the Kurtuk County line. Um, so it stretches out. But in my mind, I love the village of Duck. Call it a village, call it downtown, whatever you want. But the place where all the stores are at, that to me is just a really cool place. You're not going to see the big chains there for the most part. Um, but you're going to see a lot of mom and pop stores, restaurants, eateries, all kinds of stuff. And the whole area is super pedestrian friendly. It probably has a bigger footprint than uh, the historic Kerala village. Um, but you can still walk around the whole place or get on a bike and kind of cruise from one place to the other. And the pedestrian traffic does get very heavy there in the summertime. I've definitely witnessed that. But, you know, even in the shoulder season, you can get up there, walk around. They have a boardwalk over the Kurtuk Sound. Um, they have activities going on at the, uh, I believe they call it the lawn or the greens. I can't remember which, but that's right by the downtown, uh, uh, town offices of duck. So there's definitely a lot of cool stuff right there. And if, you know, if you, if you're talking about places to go shopping on the outer banks, um, you know, we don't have any malls or per se or any things like that, but there's really three places. I take it back. To me, there's two great places where you could spend a lot of time just kind of checking out the shops and walking around. 
and that's downtown Manio and downtown Duck. Those are the, those to me are the two places where you could just spend a lot of time and really enjoy yourself. So moving down from Duck to Southern Shores, Southern Shores is mostly a residential town. Uh, I know this town very well. I've lived here for 24 years. Uh, there's not a lot of businesses. It's just the way they zoned it. It's just the way they cut up that piece of pie. So you can, you're driving down from Duck, you hit Southern Shores, and there's nothing commercial until you hit uh, pretty much the town line right before Kitty Hawk. And that's where you get some of the commercial stores and stuff like that. A few nice stores down there. Steamer's Restaurant is a great one. Um, but other than that, you're, you're talking food line and some other little you know places. Nothing grandiose. A Starbucks uh, over at the uh, over at the marketplace. So nothing too exciting there. I will say this about Southern Shores. If you're staying in Southern Shores, it's a it's a big residential community. It's very wide. the The area is very wide right there, and we kind of have a little maritime forest going on on the west side, on the sound side of the beach there. And so you know, walking around in the neighborhoods there is very cool. You might for you you'll probably forget that you're at the beach walking on the west side of Southern Shores. But we do have a canal system over there. So if, you, if you're staying there and you can get a, cana- a kayak in the water, there's definitely some cool canals. So even if it's a windy day, you could get on those canals and cruise all over the town uh, and, and be very well protected. And, you know, you get to check out people's backyards and stuff like that. Um, you might see a rare, you might see a deer, a fox, maybe a coyote. Um, if you're in your kayak, probably wouldn't worry about the coyotes too much, but it's very relaxing back on the canals, but you can only launch over there if you're staying over there. So, uh, uh, <laughs> very territorial, you have to have permits, you have to have guest passes, whatever. Um, same thing with using the beach in Southern shores. You can, you can walk right onto the beach, but where are you going to park? That's the big question. You have to have special passes to park near the beach, that type of thing. Although I guess you could ride your bike right up to the, to the beach accesses and stuff, uh, which is cool. Um, so that's Southern Shores. Then you hit Kitty Hawk. And Kitty Hawk is where the commercialization really, you know, hits home. You, you know, the buy, you have the bypass there. You have all kinds of storage. You have Home Depot, Walmart, all that stuff going on um you know stores up and down the bypass and as far as like you know low budget adventure and activities again like southern shores not a ton going on except for on the sound side um there is a boat launch at bob perry road on bob perry road public boat launch uh you could put small boat motorboats there you could also put your kayaks and canoes back there and it is there's some canals back there and well protected i know some uh kayak companies they they launched their maritime forest tours right there so very well protected easy uh to paddle around if you want to be super adventurous you could access kitty hawk bay from there uh, a little bit of a paddle wildlife again you might see some deer uh bald eagles occasionally back there um so that that's really the extent of the adventure uh, activities in kitty hawk on a low budget when you get to kill devil hills things get a little bit more interesting um and i describe kill devil hills as kind of the unofficial county seat of dare county for the ocean side now manio is the official county seat of dare county um, because you know it's on the island, it's protected. That's where all the uh, administrative buildings are, all that good stuff. But if if you were you know the center of everything to me is Kill Devil Hills. That's where the high schools are. That's where 
the monuments are, and it's almost equal distant to, you know, a duck as it is to the very southern tip of Nags Head. So kind of centrally located. And I guess if, if you wanted to visit the Outer Banks and have access to a lot of different things, Kildova Hills wouldn't be a bad place to start because, like I said, you can get from one end of Dare County to the other almost equally. So in Kildova Hills, that's where we have the Wright Brothers Monument. Definitely a big thing. I will say this, um, you know, and I'm thinking about being a parent and taking kids somewhere. Um, for young kids, it might not be the most exciting uh, monument or a museum to go to, um, but it is very cool. And if you if you know the story of the Wright brothers and understand what they went through and and um, how they got to where they were, it makes it even more interesting to go in there and see. Okay, there's the story. There's the brothers. There's the dad. There's the sister. There's the mechanic. Um, there's the guy that they met in Kitty Hawk that they stayed at his house. You know that type of thing. You know it just makes it a lot more interesting. Um, the outdoor monument is pretty cool. Um, the indoor museum is small, but interesting. Um, you know, I, I took my time through there, pretty much read every, uh, display that they had because I had read the book and studied the book and enjoyed the book. So I really wanted to absorb everything that was in there. And so even though the museum is not big, um, there's a lot of information there, uh, that, uh, talking about the size, you know, if it was a busy day, um, that museum's got to get crowded really quick um, because it's small, you know, now, you know, so you might want to go early or something like that before the crowds get too crazy around here on the beach. But it, obviously if it's in the off season, you're probably going to be okay. And of course you can always walk up to the top of the monument, beautiful view of the ocean up there and, uh, and very cool. And there's some cool inscriptions uh, and carvings uh, up on the monument. Uh, not too far from the Wright brothers Memorial and kind of behind it is Run Hill. Um, Run Hill is kind of like the redheaded stepchild of Jockey's Ridge. It is a sand dune. It is preserved. It is a preserve. So, you know, it's it's protected from development and anything else out here. There's no camping or anything out on Run Hill. But there's a lot of wide open space because it's a sand dune. Uh, I walk my dogs back here. Uh, they love it. Um, I hike around, I can, you know, I go all over the place and there's a lot of cool stuff. I'm looking at tracks. I might see a coyote. I'll see deer tracks, possum tracks, raccoon tracks, snake tracks, turtle tracks, uh, all kinds of stuff. So, um, in, there is a spot on run hill where you can see, uh, the sound side, Almoral sound. Um, you can see the ocean and you can see the Wright brothers monument, which, you know, so it's kind of, to me, it's kind of a trifecta. Um, it's kind of a high spot on the beach that's that's very very cool and I can't help but think that you know when the Wright brothers were here they probably walked back towards Ron, uh, Run Hill and checked it out and as a matter of fact there's a book out there uh, I believe it's called where everyone was your neighbor or everyone was your neighbor um, where they talk about growing up around 1900 1920s and after a rainstorm the kids would hike out to Run Hill and these these are kids that lived in uh, Nags Head Woods um, they would walk out to Run Hill and they would find where the sand had washed away old Indian relics and they would find Indian arrowheads and stuff like that. I have been on the lookout for arrowheads, have not found any yet. I'm still on the lookout. I'll still keep, keep hiking out here um, and hope to find one. But it just shows you that the, the Native Americans were out here and um, 
and and use the areas out here for their hunting grounds um, and the like. So you got that. Another cool thing that's right here um, by Wright Brothers Memorial and Run Hill is the Aviation Park. Uh, Kildova Hills owns the Aviation Park, and right here at the Aviation Park, they have a a, a nice little skateboarding bowl. Um, you know, we're talking low budget, so you know if you got a skateboard, you can just you know you know throw in and go. Uh, and right next to the skateboarding thing, and this might be this may be the big unused item on the Outer Banks is a roller hockey rink. And I'm a lacrosse guy, so I, I I've always kind of thought that hey, wouldn't it be cool to um, you know, play box lacrosse down here and we gave it a try and it just didn't really take off. But, but I think it's cool that there's a uh, roller hockey here when, you know, I had little kids and we had roller blades. We'd come out here and just kind of skate around inside the hockey thing. And, you know, maybe, you know, throw a, bring some hockey sticks and, and a ball or something and just kind of hit around. But, um, you know, I, I mentioned that because if you're a northerner and you love hockey, you know, maybe bring some stuff. You never know what you might, uh, uh, stumble upon uh, there at the aviation park um, also right in this general area um, behind uh, first flight high school and adjacent to run hill is a uh, a disc golf a disc golf course I, I was you know i'm an old timer i call it frisbee golf you know i guess you're not supposed to call it frisbee golf anymore because that infringes on somebody's copyright or trademark but uh, a disc golf course uh, they built it in the woods here i don't know seven eight years ago um, and it's very popular. Uh, it's, it's kind of the great place to just come out and just throw around for a couple hours. Um, kind of a technical course because it's in the woods, a lot of trees and stuff. I, I will say that in the summertime, the deer flies will kind of go crazy. I know I've, I've walked the dogs out in this area in the mornings and the deer flies have found me. Um, you know, so, you know, in the wintertime, the, the deer flies aren't so much of a problem, but in the summertime, uh, be careful. But that's definitely another low budget activity you can do. If you came down here, you know, again, I'm old school. I would probably just go to Walmart and buy a Frisbee if I didn't have a Frisbee. But they uh, they are selling some of these discs, uh, a real disc at Ace Hardware of all places. Ace Hardware, I guess, saw uh, a demand and trying to fill it with their supply. So I believe you can still find some discs at Ace Hardware. So uh, that's Kildeville Hills. A lot of good stuff there. Oh, I didn't mention there is Soundside boat access in uh, Kildeville Hills. It's right on Bay Drive, uh, and you can access Kitty Hawk Bay. I know it's called Kitty Hawk Bay, but it's still technically uh, well. K- Kildeville Hills and Kitty Hawk kind of share it right there. But if you want to launch a boat, you you do not have uh, a public launch in Southern Shores. I don't believe there's a public launch in Duck. I'm pretty sure there's not one in Duck. Um, you have to go all the way up to Whalehead Club to launch a boat, but the next best option is right there on Bay Drive in Kildeville Hills, and you can get there. The one in uh, Kitty Hawk is that's a pretty small launch, and you're going to have to go through some pretty skinny water to uh, to access the open water, and you're going to have to motor a while in a canal to get to open water. So just be advised. So you got that on um, in Kildeville Hills as well. Going down to Nags Head, uh, Nags Head Woods. Is kind of actually uh, accessible in Kildeville Hills. I should mention that um, if you if you want to get to it, uh, there's a street right across from the McDonald's in Kildeville Hills, and you take that right uh, straight back west, and it takes you to the Nature Conservancy. Um, you hop back there, 
uh, find some places to park. You can go into the office, grab a map. Uh, you can hike in on some trails all the way to the sound side. It's kind of cool there. There's also a road that runs parallel north and south with the sound. Uh, and, you know, I've, I've driven back there and just biked back there. And even that's kind of cool because you're going through a maritime forest. You're going to totally forget you're at the ocean. It's going to be very different, very cool. Um, so, you know, biking, hiking, um, driving, you know, all low budget. You can, you could do it right there in, uh, Nags Head Woods. Um, also in Nags Head, you got Jockey's Ridge, uh, Jockey's Ridge, tallest sand dune this side of the Mississippi in the United States. Uh, very cool. You get to the top of that. You get a great view of both the sound side of the Roanoke Sound and the Atlantic Ocean up there. Uh, does get The sand does get hot in the summertime. So if you're here, here in the summertime, I'd probably hit that either real early or real late. Um, there's some stores across the street. You can always make kind of an afternoon of it or a morning of it, uh, hike the sand dunes and then, you know, go over and get some ice cream or a coffee or something like that. Um, uh, but definitely very cool. They do have some programs. It is a park. They have some programs, I believe at sunset. Um, they have all kinds of, um, and they, you know, they have some planned activities from time to time there. Check the calendars and see what's going on. Uh, you know, raising three kids on the Outer Banks. We probably went to Jockey's Ridge at least every six months, you know, and it was usually in the shoulder season, maybe once in the fall, once in the spring. And we just, you know, it was just fun. The kids hiked up and down and, you know, maybe rolled up and down, um, you know, all kinds of stuff. So uh, it, it, was, it was always a good experience um, and, and, you know, just easy to get to. Very cool. So that's that's another activity you can do in Nags Head. Um, Mantio. Uh, skipping over to Roanoke Island. If, if you've been listening to me for a while or if you've been reading any of my stuff, I love downtown Manio. It's just cool. The old houses are very cool. Um, you know, with the big porches, uh, all that stuff. You got the little, the, the old brick buildings downtown um, with a lot of mom and pop stuff. You won't, I don't think you'll see any chain stores uh, downtown, all mom and pop stuff. Uh, they have a little marina small marina but you know big big boats will park there uh come and go they have all kinds of activities going on uh winter winter is definitely kind of a ghost town there um but there's still there's still some activity and some of the bars will stay open or some of the restaurants will be open um but i just love walking around down there um you know i'll, I'll, I'll usually catch a few shops maybe grab a cup of coffee walk around the uh, marina, then you can go across uh, to Roanoke Island Festival Park. And I just like walking around over there. They have a sh very short trail that kind of runs on the perimeter, but they do have a stage with outdoor concerts there, um, mostly all in the summertime. I, I can't think of much, you know, maybe in October. I think the, uh, the Bluegrass Festival comes in October, October, but that's probably about the end of it. But definitely a very cool place. They also have the Outer Banks History Center over there. Uh, I've been, it's on my, on my uh, list to go check that out and maybe uh, explore some uh, local history. Uh, but haven't had a chance to do that yet. So uh, definitely very cool. I, I went ahead and threw in the Lost Colony play. Um, it does cost some money. And, and I'm sure there's uh, some other activities that are similar. But because it's so historical, because it's been here forever, be, and because it tells also a historical story of the Outer Banks, I kind of have to throw it in there. Um, it, it only runs in the summertime from June to the end of August. 
Um, but you know, probably worth the experience of, of going out there and doing that. If you're, if you're gonna, if you want to get the full experience, I would, I would highly recommend it. Uh, last but not least in the low budget activity for the Outer Banks is going over to the mainland. So on the other side of Manio and Roanoke Island, you, you take a bridge and there's actually two bridges that go back to the mainland. Um, the Virginia Dare Bridge and the old bridge. I forget what they call the old bridge. Not that important, but um, you can hop over there, and in just a few minutes, you can get into the Alligator River National Wildlife Refuge, um, which, and you know, I've I've mentioned this before a couple of times. It's uh, it's it's you know, it's not incredibly attractive. It's just farmland and, and it's dirt roads. I mean, you you'd think you were just driving around some old you know you think you were lost somewhere in in the country on a dirt road but the reason why i send you over there is because if if you didn't want to get out of your car you could still drive around and you'll see bear i mention it because the bears over there uh in dare county and terrell county uh, are some of the biggest black bears in the world and some of the they're the biggest bears that have been uh caught or shot over there they uh, will exceed the average size of a grizzly bear. You know, I guess, I don't know about you, but we always think of grizzly bears as being the the big bear in North America. But a, a record-breaking black bear will definitely be much bigger than a grizzly, uh, the average grizzly bear. So know that. So you can walk around. Um, check that. You could walk around. Uh, I, I took a e-bike over there. And my wife and I had a cool time and we did see some bears. Um, but you can drive around and just, you know, ideally right around sunset, they like to go out into the fields and graze. And you can just hang out and bring some binoculars and, and look at the bears. Uh, know that there's also owls over there. Um, They're uh, pretty easy, uh, easy to find from time to time. And that's according to my podcast episode I had with Mark Buckler. He's a wildlife photographer. Um, he gave us some great information on some owls over there. Um, so you could spot some owls, some other birds of prey, maybe some bald eagles, some hawks. Um, you might see a coyote or a red wolf over there. Uh, so it, you know, there's a lot of wide open space. There's also some wooded areas. Mark Buckler highly recommends not going into the wooded areas because that's a, a quick way to surprise a bear and get into trouble. But if you stay on the roads, um, you know, a lot of times, especially around sunset, the animals will kind of pop out and they'll, they'll, they'll be easy to spot. So, um, that's, uh, Alligator River National Wildlife Refuge, and you can find a map online and all, all the places that I mentioned today, I'm going to put links in the show notes so you can kind of check them out. Some of them you just have to Google on your own because maybe they don't have a website or anything proper like that. But um, I think those are a lot of great activities. Uh, most of them you can take kids along, you know, maybe they might take, you know, two or three hours, you know, catch a lunch or something like that and enjoy or bring a picnic lunch, whatever. But there are definitely things you can do on the Outer Banks. I think there are things that, these are things that you might not you know, see in the normal, uh, visitor promotions, you know, we all get kind of, uh, lasered or tunnel vision and want to go to the beach and I get it. And it's definitely cool, but sometimes the beach isn't cooperating. Maybe it's a nor'easter, maybe it's raining, maybe it's too cold. Maybe there's jellyfish, whatever. Um, and so these activities I think will help you out. I think you'll enjoy them. I think you'll create a greater appreciation, uh, for the outer banks. Um, you know, it, it, what it's what it, 
it is what makes this place special. So uh, I hope this helped. Uh, feel free to check out the show notes. You can always drop me a line at john at treasuresoftheouterbanks.com. I'm happy to answer questions for you. And I hope you enjoy it. And I hope to see you on the Outer Banks as soon as possible. Until then, make it a good one.